Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people of the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of a boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices, to be found only in the minds of men. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you, you the people have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had been and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. Power is the most awesome force the planet's ever seen, but you wield it like a kid that's found his dad's gun. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc is now in the possession of the Army. Too many others know what's happening out there, and no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. About time some of you got acquainted with the real hard truth. It's the heart that says, I will not acquiesce. Across the gulf of space, intellects vast and cool and unsympathetic regarded our planet with envious eyes. Each of us, when separated, is always looking for our other half. And the desire and the pursuit of the whole is called love. Heart perception will change everything. Freedom is the privilege to be right. Freedom from the disasters of our mistakes. Broadcasting from the Sonoran Desert, 
I'm your host, Ryan Gable, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings Radio. If you'd like to contact the show, email rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com. You can catch The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on groundzero.radio right after Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. I assume that's where most of you are tuning in from. But you can also find the show at www.thesecretteachings.info, our free and full show archive. You can listen and download the shows there or anywhere else you listen to radio shows or podcasts. Just type in The Secret Teachings. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show. I'd really appreciate that. For new subscribers, if you have not subscribed to the archive yet, if you have, you can resubscribe, of course, anytime. But you can subscribe to the premium service on Aftermath media to get access to my show and Clyde's show and a lot more. That's Aftermath.media. It is 4.20 today, April 20th, 2023. And uh, like a lot of radio shows start off with, we should do a, a birthday update, a celebrity birthday update. It is the birthday of Adolf Hitler, born April 20th, 1889. April 20th, 1889. And Hitler's death date is actually in just over a week, all right in the middle of the Ides of April, a month and a few weeks in particular that are connected to some of the most historical, future-changing events, uh, incomparable really to uh, most other months. I mean, everything from Columbine to Waco, even the BP disaster, uh, the first raid on mainland Japan, uh, you sit here and go down the list, Oklahoma City bombing, the sinking of the Titanic, Abraham Lincoln's assassination, uh, the death of Adolf Hitler, uh, the birth of Adolf Hitler as well. There's so much that is in the month of April, including 420, uh, so many things in the month of April that uh, April deserves a very hard look. You know, we look at the Ides of March, the middle of March, but really, the Ides of April, uh, if the Ides of March set us up for treachery or set us up for uh, death and backstabbing and things like that, then April is the month where it is carried out, no doubt. And as we approach May, May Day, uh, obviously another important and significant time on the wheel of the year, we approach on April 30th, Beltane or Beltane. And that is a fire festival. And that fire festival coincides with April 30th. That is the day of Adolf Hitler's death. There's a lot of fascinating mysticism, not only with Adolf Hitler, but with all of these significant dates in April. Again, I mentioned some of them, but to remind you, Oklahoma City, Columbine, Waco, Titanic, Abraham Lincoln's assassination, and so on and so forth. There are plenty more, including... Uh, the day after April 30th, Beltane, the formation of the Bavarian Illuminati in 1776, May 1st, 1776. Interestingly, when that One World Freedom uh, New World Order Tower was built in New York after the destruction of the Twin Towers, they unveiled that on May 1st, and the building is constructed to 1776 feet 1776 feet on May 1st. It's supposed to be July 4th, 1776, but they unveiled it on May 1st. 1776 is the date of the Bavarian Illuminati. So just some things to think about 
tonight on the show. And since people are probably pretty blazed anyway, I thought it would be a perfect time, wonderful opportunity tonight since it's 4.20, to talk about UFOs, UAPs, aliens, and strange phenomena in the sky, including yet another bizarre glowing spiral that appeared in the sky over Alaska. The Associated Press reported on April 18th that this was a rocket fuel dump and that the fuel that was jettisoned from the rocket, because sometimes rockets have to do that they have to dump fuel, that the fuel turns into ice at a high altitude, and when the sunlight strikes it, even though this was in the evening when any light strikes it, uh, especially when you're in darkness on the ground, you can see this big cloud and sometimes it's swirling, swirling around and it looks like this kind of vortex or this kind of portal. There is another one spotted in uh, January over Hawaii, uh, over the big island of Hawaii, And researchers also said that was from the launch of a military GPS satellite that lifted off earlier on a SpaceX rocket in Florida. So we've had two of these strange spirals already this year. Some of you might be seeing spirals, depending on what you're smoking today and tonight. Uh, But these are very real. These are not drug-induced. These are very real things. And most of you probably remember... I know I certainly remember back in 2009, there was this strange Norway spiral. That's what it was called, the Norway spiral, that was blamed on a missile that they said went out of control. Uh, The Russian defense ministry back in 2009 confirmed that it had launched a Bulava missile and that the missile's third stage failed. And this caused the missile to spiral and that spiraling with the exhaust coming out the back or the bottom of the rocket, um, not sure if I'm using the correct terms, that created the spiraling effect in the sky. And you saw this, if you look up the Norway spiral, you saw this blue, very, very uh, baby powder blue, almost looks like a, like a broadcast, uh, almost looks like, like a projection of something to the center point of this spiral, which is just absolutely perfect. A perfect spiral. Now, they said that that was a rocket. Now, if you go to YouTube or any other video service online and you type in rocket spiral out of control, you'll see that rockets, when they go out of control, when they lose their guidance or something happens to them, something malfunctions or fails, rockets do make this circular movement. They spin out of control and it does give the, this almost like a cloud of smoke. It looks like a kind of like a spiral. The problem is when you watch those videos, when you watch those um, uh, those rockets spiral out of control, so, so you, I've watched videos where they're, they're pretty up close, so you can kind of see it. I'm not sure, you know, I don't know if these spirals in Norway or in Alaska or in Hawaii are actually rockets. I mean, that's kind of the thing is I, I'm, I'm not sure, and I would assume most of you are not sure. I don't know if you're satisfied with that explanation. So I don't know exactly what a rocket would look like from far away, but even up close, it's extremely distorted. It's not a perfect spiral or close to a perfect spiral. Uh, when it's when you watch these videos, I mean, the, the rocket is spiraling and it's creating a spiral, but the smoke is all of smoke doesn't stay uniform. You know, smoke doesn't 
it might be emanating from the same place if you see a fire, but then it spreads out, right? And these spirals, in some cases, are not like two or three seconds and then they dissipate. There are several seconds, several minutes, maybe more than several minutes, and they stay uniform in the sky when these spirals have been seen. Now, maybe it's kind of like chemtrails or contrails. There really are contrails. Those are real things. But there really also are chemtrails, and there's a difference between them. Uh, the contrails dissipate rapidly. The chemtrails dissipate, but they expand, so a little trail turns into this giant cloud, and you can see this kind of soapy, usually it's like a soapy, rainbowy, sometimes it's black, like a black, oily uh, looking cloud in the sky. You see those in grid patterns uh, over major cities. And there's clearly a difference between a contrail and a chemtrail, even when you factor in the environmental conditions uh, of, of what may be current in your area, or depending on how high the plane is or whatever it is that, that's leaving the trail behind, military, civilian, etc. So we have to be careful because, number one, there is a difference between a contrail and a chemtrail, but we also have to be careful because there's a lot of disinformation, intentional disinformation spread online, like these photographs of planes that are supposedly spraying chemicals out the back that are easily debunked. And whoever puts those videos out and whatever, whatever algorithm allows them to circulate, that tells us that somebody somewhere does not want us to ask real questions because they certainly don't want to provide us with real answers about what those trails really are. There is a difference between a contrail and a chemtrail in the fact that somebody, government agency, a company, intelligence agency, some, somebody somewhere wants to intentionally mislead the public with those types of videos, with those types of um, pictures and explanations that are out of context most of the time, that are easily debunkable, that are fake, that are fraud, fraudulent things, shows you that something is being, I don't want to say covered up, but something is being obscured. Something is being hidden. And once again, there really are contrails, so we can acknowledge that that's a real thing. And it's the same thing with these spirals. Yes, rockets, they spiral out of control, and you see the smoke, but that smoke dissipates pretty quickly. If you go and look at the Norway spiral, maybe it was a rocket, I don't know. But I know that smoke normally doesn't stay in this, this uniform, uh, uniform structure for that long. I guess if environmental conditions were right, and uh, the rocket was high enough. Maybe the maybe it was frozen. You know, the the the, the, the particles froze and kind of created this this ice spiral in the sky. It seems kind of outlandish to me, especially when you see that this Norway spiral has the blue-like projection of it. And no, it's not Project Blue Beam. That's a myth. That was an idea, not a real government project. I really get sick and tired of hearing about Project Blue Beam. Project Blue Beam is not a real thing. Okay, it's not a real thing. But there's this blue uh, projection to the center of where this rocket is supposedly spiraling out. So even if that were a one-off and you could you could ask God, God, what is this Norway spiral? Is it a rocket? And God said, yes, it is a rocket. But there are other things that are not rockets. For example, this is from the New Zealand Herald in 2021. Strange spiral in the skies spotted across the Pacific South Pacific Islands, including New Caledonia, Tokelua, Samoa, and Fiji, all reported spotting the same spiral phenomenon in the skies 
on June 18th of 2021. An expert explained that the phenomenon was just a release of gas from some Chinese rockets. And there are images of that. You can see that spiral. And that spiral actually does look more like a rocket spiraling out of control. The thing is, we've watched rockets launch for decades. You know, rocket technology is not a a new thing. The Germans uh, and Werner von Braun really perfected rocketry. Uh, Jack Parsons really perfected rocketry. But we've had rockets for, for over half a century. And this is a relatively recent thing that is at least being documented. Obviously, rockets spiral out of control, and you can see that, but it usually doesn't cause this kind of a stir. Now, what else, what other factors are involved here? Well, we have social media, so we have people posting these things. We have people that are pointing them out. We also have somebody somewhere that spreads these photographs and videos and Often they are extremely fake, so they, they sort of discredit the legitimate stuff, the legitimate questions, legitimate, legitimate images, videos, etc. But uh, these are things that we're starting to see more and more now. Again, the question is, we've had rockets for over half a century, plus uh, we just seen this now because rockets suddenly are spiraling out of control in public view and people have cameras and social media is a big thing and that's, that's why. That certainly is part of it, but I don't think that's the the entirety of the exp- explanation here. There was actually another spiral, this time in Oklahoma, back in 2022. And it was reportedly, according to a meteorologist, a satellite that was launched from a SpaceX Falcon 9 rocket. Now, the thing is, SpaceX uh, was not around in 2009. Uh, SpaceX... 2000 and what was it 2002 I think SpaceX was founded and uh, maybe you know maybe SpaceX uh, just designs rockets differently and because of that you know a couple of years after they were formed you have the Norway spiral and you have all these other rockets but they're not all blamed on SpaceX sometimes they're blamed on Chinese rockets in the case of the Pacific Islands or this Oklahoma it was a SpaceX rocket reportedly I actually have an image here in my folder. I have a f- folder for these strange phenomena. Uh, and it shows a rocket going out of control. And it does create a spiral, but it's very ununiform. And it dissipates. I took that from a video. and dissipates very, very quickly. Now there is another one, April 18th. Just this week, 2023, as I reported a few minutes ago, Associated Press, a light baby blue spiral resembling a galaxy appeared amid the aurora for a few minutes up in Alaska. This is from Anchorage. It was, according to officials, simply excess fuel released from a SpaceX rocket that launched from California about three hours earlier. And that rocket launch took place from Vandenberg Space Force Base in California with a 25-satellite payload. So again, let's look at all these spirals. Go look these up for yourself. Look at the Norway spiral. Look at the Pacific Island spirals, uh, the spiral in Hawaii, the spiral in Oklahoma, the spiral in Alaska. And they all look very similar. In fact, the Norway spiral in 2009 
has the same color, same sort of a little more uniform than the Norway spiral, but the one in Alaska uh, has the same color as the Norway one. So, and they're both blamed, one's blamed on SpaceX, one is blamed on a Russian rocket, another one's blamed on a Chinese rocket, the one uh, over the Pacific Islands, uh, like Fiji. So different rockets, different countries. Uh, you, you would imagine, you would think that different countries use different technologies. It's all probably pretty pretty standard by now in terms of you know basic rockets like this getting, getting into space. Um, but they all seem to be the same color. They all seem to be pretty uniform. And they all seem to have the, the very easily uh, explained away um, reason. Uh, they just, it's a fuel dump or it's a rocket going out of control. This is... To me, this is what doesn't make any sense. The rocket in Norway uh, was supposedly a rocket in Norway that went out of control. Uh, it was supposedly a Chinese rocket that was seen over the Pacific uh, that caused those spirals. It was supposedly uh, a rocket in Oklahoma. Now they're calling it a fuel dump. A fuel dump. I mean, I don't understand, and maybe it's because I'm not an expert on this, but I don't understand how they can say it's a rocket in all these other cases that spirals out of control, sort of like the Contrail chemtrail debate. Rockets do spiral out of control. They do create a spiral. But does that mean all of these strange 14-like phenomena are rockets going out of control? And, well, I guess they're not because the same blue light that was seen in Norway is also seen now in Alaska this week, and it created a spiral. It was not supposedly a SpaceX rocket losing uh, control. It was actually the fuel that was dumped from a SpaceX rocket. I don't know how, if it's a fuel dump and the rocket continued onward, that the fuel turned into the same kind of uh, pretty close to a perfect spiral, but it lo- it does look indeed like a galaxy. Uh, so those are things that I would, I would call them almost like 14 phenomena. Those are things that are kind of hard to explain. Uh, they say it's rockets. I don't necessarily think that they're all rockets. I think that there might be something else going on. But that doesn't mean that it's a portal to another dimension. They probably have absolutely nothing to do with CERN. And they probably have nothing to do with gateways opening up because aliens are coming through. And all these bizarre and outlandish, well, I guess you could call them We'll call them theories, for lack of a better word. Conspiracy theory is not the right way to explain them or exp- to define them, but just a bunch of theories. And the internet uh, of social media companies in particular, Twitter in particular, allows this kind of stuff to proliferate on its platform. And one of the things that uh, a few of my colleagues in radio have noticed, uh, Clyde Lewis talked about this last night, and uh, my friend Stephen Cambion talks about this quite often, and there are plenty of others in radio and in broadcasting who uh, acknowledge this thankfully uh, there is a lot of uh, a lot of buzz about ufos on twitter and a lot of videos and a lot of photographs that are just plain fake plain fake simply fake simply not real uh, some of the worst perpetrators of this are like uh, if you go to YouTube and, and check out third phase of the moon. I mean, these people, I mean, knowingly, admittedly spread disinformation. I can't imagine how much money they make on YouTube by spreading fake UFO 
videos and stories knowing in a lot of cases that they're completely fake, that they're made up, that they're staged, uh, that it's an easy, uh, easy identification that's been misidentified to give the impression that it's a, an alien spaceship. Cause it's what most people assume it's one or the other. It's either, you know, UFOs and aliens. It's, it's either a thing that exists or there's no such thing and no one's ever seen it, even though people have seen it, you know, this dichotomy is very religious. It's very cult-like. It's, it's a very absolute thing, isn't it? You either believe or you don't believe. You believe all the stories, everything you've ever heard. You believe Bob Lazar. You believe all the social media videos of UFOs, or you don't believe in any of it. And there are plenty of people, I, I would assume, a large portion of you as listeners, maybe people you know as well, are able to step back from that and say, well, I have questions about Bob Lazar. Maybe he's telling the truth. Maybe he's not telling the truth. It's not really a matter of belief per se. It's a matter of show me the evidence and show me the facts. I'm not opposed to Bob Lazar being, or, or, you know, telling, telling a true story. Do I think he told a true story? Uh, a little bit of a true story mixed with an immense amount of fiction, which was super dramatized on the Art Bell show and other shows now. Uh, and uh, Corbell does the same thing. I mean, he just, that guy and Bob Lazar, who maybe they need money, I don't know what they're doing, but they spread a tremendous amount of disinformation now. And uh, I mean, look at those, look at that little tiny, you know, uh, what was that little tiny um, fake alien BS that Jimmy Church and Stephen Greer were pushing I, I mean, it's like there really are good researchers, journalists, radio people, etc. You know, sometimes you get duped. You know, I, I love Linda Moulton Howe. Uh, she's one of the few people I've never interviewed before. Uh, and it's almost out of respect. I just don't really want... Uh, it's just something, you know, everybody talks to Linda Moulton Howe and everybody knows, you know, about what she does. And I just feel like it's unnecessary to interview her. But she got duped with that video game, that Area 51 video game with the alien head. I, I actually have a copy of that video game somewhere in my old room when I was growing up. I played, it was called Area 51. There's a little gray alien on the front. She got duped with that picture. And it really, it bummed me out because I love Linda Moulton. How I think that she, she's she been at the, and I know she's been at the forefront uh, of UFOs and crop circles and cattle mutilations for decades now. She's a leading expert. But to not be able to... Um, at least in the interviews I've seen, sadly, not to be able to admit that you got duped. That's a problem. And I have no issue pointing that out. Uh, I have no issue asking those questions. And I think that we need to be more willing to ask those kinds of questions rather than just being like, oh my God, it's Linda Moulton. How let's not disturb, you know, the, 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 the sacred altar. Let's not, let's not ask Richard Dolan questions. Let's not ask these people for evidence or for proof. Let's just let them talk, which is what a lot of people do because it makes a lot of people money. And I would, I would love to talk to um, some of these, some of these people and ask them real questions. Louis Elizondo, I met him. He said he'd come on the show, never got a response back because they're not really interested in answering real questions. It feels, it feels like that. And maybe I'm wrong. Prove me wrong. It just feels like they're interested in selling you a story uh, and selling you themselves. And uh, that's something I have a problem with. And, in, and until that changes, Ufology really has a big scar on it. I'm going to talk more about this when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. More after this. Don't go anywhere. This is Reverend John Polk 
UFO Master Tour Guide here in Sedona, Arizona, and you're listening to The Secret Teaching by Ryan Gable. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. This is The Secret Teachings. If you'd like to contact the show, email Ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com or find him on Facebook at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana? Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir. Or if that's not enough, check out Good Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings, but most importantly, it supports you. Hello folks, this is Jordan Maxwell, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. Excellent shows with your host, Ryan Gable. I hope you find it enlightening. So at the end of the last segment, I said that ufology really has a, well, actually more than one. It has a lot of scars, has a lot of um, negative publicity that it has brought upon itself. And you know, ufology isn't a living thing. It's a field of research and investigation, of course. But there are so many people that consider themselves ufologists, professional and amateur who are guilty of spreading tremendous dis- and misinformation. Now, the motivations behind the spreading of that dis- and misinformation range from just wanting to make money, just wanting to make a name for themselves, or not really being aware or caring about the credibility of the information or the pictures or the videos. They just care about spreading it because, well... It brings more attention to the subject of UFOs, what they love. And some people probably do it for fame, fortune, and because they genuinely want to have the conversation about these kinds of things. And this is, in my opinion, what is wrong with ufology. This is what's wrong with uh, this type of research or investigation or 
choose to call it whatever you will. See, I just make commentary on it here, on the secret teachings. I make observations. I analyze stories. I, I analyze uh, events. Like, for example, yesterday, the Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, the AARO, not the AARP, the AARO, testified before members of the United States Senate Committee on Armed Services, two different portions to this uh, testimony. One was open to the public, one was not. And they testified about whether they had information, any evidence on extraterrestrials. According to Sean M. Kirkpatrick, that's Sean M. Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's AARO, here's what he said. The AARO has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, of off-world technology or objects that defy the known laws of physics. The AARO director also acknowledged that this conclusion might be unsatisfying to those who believe they have witnessed incontrovertible evidence of physics-defying craft or objects. Now, obviously, people that don't care about UFOs or people that sort of are rubbed the wrong way by the subject and find it to be offensive to their sensibilities see that as evidence and proof that they've been right the whole time and that all the crazy UFO people, your crazy cousin, your crazy brother or sister, you know, your crazy dad or uncle, They've just been nuts. And look, the Pentagon is saying over and over again, they don't have stuff on UFOs. You know, they, they've seen, things have been seen and documented and, and witnessed, but there's no evidence of otherworldly, off-world technology, of extraterrestrial activity, of objects that defy the known laws of physics. And, you know, just consider for a moment, consider what Kirkpatrick said. Uh, it almost sounds as if it... It, I mean, my intuition kind of says it's like it's almost like an attorney wrote this, right? It's it's almost written in a form of like legalese, and and they, they select their words very carefully. Plus, that statement being reported by Space.com and others is just one piece of the overall hearing. And so, let's read that again. AARO, that is the Pentagon's Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. AARO has found no credible evidence. Okay, how do you define credible? Credible evidence. They have found evidence, but not credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. Let's go through that. No credible evidence, but they do have evidence potentially of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. So they do have evidence, they just don't consider it credible. Now let's ask the question, why is it not credible evidence? Well, because when you look at these uh, videos, the Tic Tac objects, for example, or you look at, uh, you go back into the, the archives uh, and you find um, military records going back 30, 40, 50 plus years, 60, 70 years, where these types of things uh, have been documented. And since the 40s, you know, nothing has really changed. Back in the 40s, uh, the military didn't know what they were you know, Foo Fighters, little orbs, ghost rockets, etc. Uh, did not know what they were, knew that they were outmaneuvering military craft, and knew that they could be a potential threat, thought that they might be from an adversary, an advanced technology, 
and left it at that. And today, in 2023, that's what we still conclude. And back in January of this year, it was concluded that same same thing. We, these objects, they outmaneuver our planes. We can't really describe or define what they are. We certainly don't know where they came from. We can speculate. So that's why they have no credible evidence, although they do have evidence. And it's not credible because even if you could you could analyze those objects and you could maybe tr- you could determine what their makeup was you don't know if they're extraterrestrial and if they are extraterrestrial they're probably not manned they're probably probes uh they're probably robotic they're probably drones and you know is the, you, you still don't know unless you get the thing in your hands and look at it and find a serial number is it chinese is it russian Probably not because these things have been going on for, well, actually they've been going on for hundreds, if not thousands of years. Uh, recently with, you know, 20th, 20th, uh, 21st century technology over the last century, we've been able to really record them and analyze them and get more of a scientific understanding of them, which is not much, if anything at all. So that's why they have no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity, because unless you have an alien body or unless the the tic-tac crashes and you and you recover all of it you don't know if it's extraterrestrial so that's really just as some say just another big fat nothing burger and the same thing with off-world technology you until you can see that object up close and really look at it you know you can reverse engineer it you can look for a, a serial number a code something i don't know something a chinese flag a russian flag you know etched on the bottom of it then you don't know if it's off-world technology and it's not really it's not really proper to, to speculate officially that, well, we have evidence of these things. Uh, you know, it's, they can't say this is extraterrestrial. This is off-world because they, if they don't know, which I can't imagine that Sean Kirkpatrick and, and the, the AARO, which is just like this public relations Pentagon branch to, quote, investigate UFOs. They go and interview the same people that have been interviewed over and over again. They ask the same questions. And there's only a handful of people that even work in this group. It's really just for PR, I think. So they found no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity or off-world technology or objects that defy the known laws of physics. But they don't know what laws of physics they're defying or if physics is more complicated than we know. This is just like a standard boilerplate uh, copy and paste job response. We don't have any credible evidence so far of, or thus far, of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. Could that, that technology or could that evidence and proof exist? Yeah, and it probably does. But this group has only been operating for just a few, what was it, just a few months or something? Uh, the the All-Domain Anomaly Research Group, it, they haven't been, um, not only have they not been, I guess you could say, uh, an official group or in power very long. It's been maybe a, what a, not even a year yet. It was like June or July of 2022. Uh, it says here, July 20th, 2022. So they haven't, they haven't even been a group for a year. And all they've done in a year is like interview a handful of people. So of course they don't have any credible evidence yet because they just haven't, they don't have it in their possession yet, or they just don't look at it yet. See, that's, that's the trick here. This is what Project Blue Book did too. They analyzed all these cases of UFO sightings and reports, military and otherwise, right? They analyzed all these things, they looked at them, and 
the ones that they could explain, they explained them very quickly. It was like 90-something percent. The ones they couldn't explain, well, that was the 10% of anomaly, and those just kind of get shelved. And then this is what the media does today, and this is what the Pentagon does today. It's like, well, we don't have UFOs, we have UAPs, because they're trying to make it a more scientific thing because of all the associations with UFOs and Hollywood and you know people that live in the middle of nowhere and trailers and things like that, kind of the negative stereotype. But it's more than that. They're also, by obscuring and by kind of you know directing your attention away from UFOs and the whole culture around UFOs, and, and but then calling it UAPs and, and trying to redefine what the uh, what the the idea of these things might be. They're also, you know, with with all the stuff we, I've read so far, just this little statement from Kirkpatrick about the extraterrestrial activity or uh, off-world technology defying the known laws of physics. Um, they don't, this group doesn't have access to all that. And they're doing what Project Blue Book did. They're taking the things that are very explainable uh, and they're putting that at the forefront to sort of distract you to sort of keep people asking questions about the wrong thing or the wrong things while the real hardcore evidence sort of gets dusty in the background. That's what Project Blue Book did. And as far as I'm concerned, the AARO is just another form of Project Blue Book. It's a modern version of Project Blue Book. And it's not going to lead us anywhere because they're not going to go and get all that information that you think exists all the proof, the hard evidence, the hard proof, and put that forward and uh, acknowledge that, yeah, we've, we've had this for a long time. Because, you know, government in general is a very uh, large entity, and it's made up of a lot of people, and it's made up of a lot of different groups and committees, and it's made up of a lot of different uh, agencies. You know, they, they government doesn't function uh well within their own individual units, let alone when they're interacting with other units, other organizations, divisions, agencies, etc. Because everybody's trying to get money, everybody's trying to get ahead, everybody's trying to trying to you know boost uh, their uh, their authority, their power, get more power, whatever the case is. And so, as Kirkpatrick said, UAP cases most often. This is why I think that this is mostly. Uh, 21st century version of Project Blue Book, most cases often, quote, resolve into readily explainable sources when there's a wealth of scientific data at hand. So there you have it. It is Project Blue Book 2.0. AARO AARO, uh, is investigating all these theories and all the evidence, etc. They're working hard, says Kirkpatrick, but they're not really going to give you give you anything. Uh, they're not really going to give you what you what you want. They're going to give you what you need. Um, during the opening portion of the hearing, Kirkpatrick shared a video that his office analyzed, reportedly showing what appears to be a spherical object that was filmed by an MQ-9 Reaper drone somewhere in the Middle East. In the video, the object appears to soar through the air with no apparent means of propulsion. While the footage certainly is captivating, Kirkpatrick stressed that there simply aren't enough data collected to make an accurate assessment of what the spherical object or phenomena in the video might be. Well, it, precisely. You, they don't know. So that means... So listen to that again. I'm going to read you what he said. Because so they, they don't know. I'm going to read you what the article said here, space.com. 
While the footage certainly is captivating, Kirkpatrick stressed that there simply aren't enough data collected to make an accurate assessment of what the spherical object or phenomenon in the video might be. Yes, precisely. That's why, quote, AARO has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics because most of the cases resolve into readily explainable sources. The ones that don't, they don't have enough information to make an assessment. So, of course, they don't have any information on extraterrestrials or off-world technology. Do you see how that works? We go back to January of this year, the Pentagon's office of the Director of National Intelligence reached a very similar conclusion. Out of the over 500 UFO UAP cases examined for the report, many of them were found to, quote, lack enough detailed data to enable attribution of UAP with high certainty. So they are basically, the Pentagon is basically running through the Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, or the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, a new version of Project Blue Book, folks. They can easily explain most of the UAPs. But they can't explain some. And the some they can't explain, they say we have no evidence of extraterrestrial activity off-world technology. Well, of course you don't. Because you also admit that, like this MQ-9 Reaper drone video, you just don't have enough information, enough data to make an assessment. It, It could be an alien spaceship. It could be a probe but you don't have enough information to make that assessment. So you just don't have the data. See, this is what, this is why you need the secret teachings, folks, okay? Because I don't just sit here and talk about aliens all the time. I talk about the food industry, for example. I did that uh, food show on Monday about the deception of food manufacturers. And this is the same thing that food companies do. This is the same thing that drug companies do, okay? Uh, For example, when a drug company goes to get a drug approved, they want the FDA stamp of approval, The FDA, because they don't have enough money, they don't have enough resources, they don't have enough time, enough people even, they let the industry do the studies. So, for example, a study could be, let's say we have a drug, okay, we'll call this drug, um, uh, you know, 1X, okay, we have a drug called 1X, and this drug, we want to get it approved. So the FDA says, you do the studies, okay, and you can do, by the way, as many as you need or want to do, okay, so I take the drug, and I administer it to rats or whatever, I can literally do that study a thousand times. And 999 times that drug can kill the rat. The rat explodes, its intestines fall out of its mouth, its genitals fall off, it goes bald, it literally disappears, it vanishes into another dimension. It it could do anything, anything in every one of those studies. But the final study, the 1,000th study, the rat doesn't die. Might be sick, but it doesn't die. So they write in the study, rat seemed fine. They didn't look at its, you know, insides. They just said, that seemed fine. And then they submit that study. That's literally what drug companies can, they can literally produce hundreds of studies and find one where the drug might seem safe. And then they send it over to the FDA. They get the stamp of approval. There's a lot of red tape that that obviously has to be gone through. But the company says, we don't have any proof that the rat will explode when given this drug because our study shows the rat seemed to be fine. But you also did 
other studies where the rat did explode. You just shredded those studies and got rid of them. Since they're not officially on the books, then you can say we have no evidence that the rat would explode from taking 1X or whatever the drug is. I hope that makes sense because that's how, that's how they do it. They can, they can do as many studies as they want to find one that suits them and suits the FDA. And then the company can say, we have no evidence. Why? Because you figuratively or literally shredded the evidence or you simply didn't submit the evidence. You simply just ignore the evidence. That's what Blue, Blue Book was all about. That's what this AARO is doing. They're, they're dancing around the question. Okay, They say most of the things are identifiable. And the ones that are not identifiable, you know, even the, the video that was shown from the Reaper drone at this hearing, they say we don't have enough data to make an assessment. So because they don't have enough data, that means they don't, they don't know one way or the other. They can't say it's a, it's a drone or it's a Chinese spy object, balloon, satellite, whatever kind of a thing. Not satellite, but like a, you know, a drone or something, whatever. Drone, uh, balloon, whatever. They can't say for sure it was that. But that also means they can't say for sure it was aliens. But what they will tell you is we have no credible evidence of extraterrestrial activity or off-world technology, which, you know, that that statement for a lot of people sounds definitive, but most people are missing the point. They just don't have the data to make the conclusion. So as far as we know, this is like Schrodinger's UFO, right? As far as we know, that that could be an alien spacecraft. You know, that could be some kind of advanced technology from another dimension or another world. It's Schrodinger's UFO until, or Schrodinger's UAP. Until you have the information, you can't make the assessment. So, of course, they don't have any evidence of extraterrestrials or off-world technology. And the January 2023 ODNI report found the same thing. We just lack, this is a quote, we lack enough detailed data to enable attribution of UAP with high certainty. They, 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 they just don't know. And that's the other thing too, is that if they did know, they would just say it's all written off, but they don't know. So that means there is something strange there. And that takes us back to the spirals we talked about in the first segment. A rocket spirals out of control. That does happen. It does create a spiral. But the spirals we've seen in Norway and over Fiji or in Hawaii or we've seen Alaska, Oklahoma, they're blamed on either Russian or Chinese or SpaceX rockets. Or in this case, in Alaska this week, it, the spiral was blamed, the spiral in the sky was blamed on a fuel dump. So the fuel was dumped and then it turned into a spiral and froze in the sky. That's the official explanation now. Do rockets spin out of control and create spirals? Yes. Does that mean all these are rockets going out of control? No. SpaceX is just sort of like a convenient cover uh, for it's always it's just it's just a SpaceX rocket. It's just a this. It's just it's always it's like the equivalent of swamp gas. And it doesn't always suffice to explain what we're seeing. Same thing with contrails and chemtrails. Contrails are real things. Chemtrails are real things. That's even now admitted. Uh, sun dimming programs because of, quote, climate change. That's admitted by main mainline news. You know, people like Bill Gates wants to block the sun out, you know, using I mean, the New York, the New Yorker reported that they wanted to use chemicals and planes to block out the sun. This is all real stuff you can look up that we've been saying for a decade plus here on the secret teachings. But there's there really is such a thing as contrails. And I think a lot of people that believe in chemtrails or see them and acknowledge them dismiss the contrails. 
don't dismiss the contrails because those are a real thing. And if you want to give credibility to the chemtrail debate, you need to acknowledge that, yes, sometimes they're contrails. Okay, sometimes they're contrails. But people that think contrails are responsible all the time for those lines in the sky, if you want to be objective, you need to acknowledge that, yes, there really are such a thing as chemtrails. It's the same thing with UFOs and UAPs. Project Blue Book wrote off about 10% as unexplainable, but we explain most of them so there's no aliens. Well, that doesn't really help us. And that's exactly what we're, what we're seeing today. We're seeing that with the ODNI conclusions, that we just don't have enough evidence to make a determination. And the same with Kirkpatrick from the AARO. He says most of these cases resolve into readily explainable sources, just like Blue Book, but there's a bunch that they can't identify. And because they can't identify them, well, they can't say that they're Chinese or Russian or extraterrestrial. They can't identify them. So they also have no proof of Chinese or Russian activity or foreign uh, technology or objects that are made by a, an adversary that defy the laws of physics. They can't say that about China or Russia or any other country either. They can't say that about a group of aliens living inside the earth or from another dimension. They can't say that about anything because they don't have enough data. And that tells us a couple of things about this, uh, this hearing yesterday, the Senate Armed Services uh, Subcommittee on Emerging Threats and Capabilities. It tells us that, number one, it's another hearing. It, it's, it's just, a, for most people, it's, a, it's a, just a waste of time. Uh, for other people, it's just this big, almost like not a revelation, but it's like, oh my God, they're finally talking about UFOs. You know, it's like if you if you got onto the news, local news or something, you're like, oh my God, I'm on TV, I'm on TV. Because it's something you care about. And because some powerful people talk about it, oh my God, they acknowledge UFOs. It's so cool. It doesn't tell you anything though. It's just a big bag of nothing. It's a big bowl of nothing. But within that nothing, I think there is something. The fact that they still acknowledge that they can't identify a lot of these things either is intended to lead people on as some form of complex conspiracy geared towards psychological warfare, which I don't think that's what it is, or there really are things that they still can't explain, even with modern technology and computers, even with AI and algorithms, they still can't explain what these things are. They're clearly of a technological source, most of them, not all of them. I don't have all the millions of cases in front of me. And those are the ones that are selected for investigation. There are countless, countless, countless cases, uh, military and otherwise, many of, that, uh, many of which go back half a century or more that are, that are way more uh, detailed and, quite frankly, disturbing in comparison with you know, some Tic Tacs. So you need to be aware of that, too, that there are a lot of cases that are really, really disturbing, really, really wild. Uh, read Timothy Good, for example, if you want some evidence of that. Uh, Above Top Secret, uh, Need to Know, those are a couple of his books. Uh, Above Top Secret, I think, is his most famous. Uh, need to Know is, I think that was one of his more recent ones within, within the last 10 years or 15 years or something. But very well-documented stuff, and it's very uh, well-written as well. And you read that, it's like, why do I even need <laughs> this subcommittee on emerging threats? I've got all the documents and the records right here. Why aren't they looking at these records? Why aren't they looking at these documents? Maybe it's just part of the scientific process. They want to investigate things that have been seen more recently with new technology. But even then, they still can't, they really still can't describe what they are. 
Does that mean that they're aliens? This is the thing I go back and forth with, okay? So people in alternative media are like, look, it's just a big, fat nothing burger. There's nothing here. And I agree, there really isn't anything with this with this hearing yesterday. It was just a, just more, just another, another waste of time that just, you know, everybody stroked each other off and everybody was happy with the outcome. UFOs got mentioned, government officials got paid, everybody was happy with the circle jerk and they moved on. But there's still an acknowledgement that they don't know what a lot of these things were. And that's where it's left off. And that's where we need to pick things up again and ask questions about those other cases that go back 50, 60, 70 years and more. Why aren't those being looked at? Obviously, all the witnesses are dead, but you could at least look at the reports. And there's a lot of evidence there of technology that defies the laws of physics. But they're not doing that. They're selecting the evidence and they're selecting, it seems, even the outcome, uh, the conclusions. We're going to talk more about this when we come back from break. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please grab a copy of one of my books like The Technological Elixir at thesecretteachings.info. There's a big section on UFOs. There's more after this. Don't go anywhere. From the occult and theology to history and the paranormal, The Secret Teachings Radio Show brings you that and more Monday through Friday on GroundZero.radio. You're listening to The Secret Teachings. For more information on the show or to contact Ryan, visit thesecretteachings.info or email ryan at rdgable at yahoo.com. If you're looking to learn more in 2023, then look no further than books from The Secret Teachings. The Technological Elixir explores UFOs, artificial intelligence, and demonic contracts in the entertainment industry. Liberty Shrugged is an illuminating and nonpartisan look into American history, focusing on natural law, slavery, and the war for independence. Food philosophy is not a diet book, but it does help alleviate confusion over food industry propaganda with specific focus on bizarre ingredients that are put into your foods. And Occult Arcana is a compendium of esoteric wisdom, from theology and sympathetic magic to witchcraft, voodoo, and the origins of holidays. Get physical and digital copies of these books only at www.thesecretteachings.info. And remember, all physical books also come with a digital copy as well. This is one of the best discussions I've been on in a long time. You guys are right on it. Howdy, this is Joe Mars, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montage my digital books and more for those of you who already have a secret teaching subscription you can still keep that subscription just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today I need it this is David Icke and you are listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable why else would you show up with that thing on your back just three days before President Business is going to use the crackle to end the world President Business is going to end the world? But he's such a good guy. In Octan, they make good stuff. Music, dairy products, coffee, TV shows, surveillance systems, all history books, voting machines. 
Wait a minute. Welcome to the darkness. The Secret Teachings Radio Show is on Facebook and Twitter. Just search facebook.com forward slash the secret teachings to like us and TST underscore underscore radio to tweet with us. Think about your hero when you're at ground zero and call up to the follow back to me. Attention, you are tuned into restricted airspace. Tune out immediately. This is the frequency of the secret teachings on Ground Zero Radio. are listening to the secret teachings radio i'm your host ryan gable thank you so much for joining us this morning this afternoon tonight whenever and wherever you are listening around the world if you'd like to contact the show you can email us at rdgable at yahoo.com or tstradio at protonmail.com you can also find our show monday through friday on ground zero.radio many of you are probably listening there now after the show, though, you can find us by searching The Secret Teachings on any radio or podcast player. Like Apple Podcasts, that is the primary source. Please leave us a review. Let others know what you think of the show. Give us three, four, five stars, whatever you think we deserve. That actually helps with the show by promoting it uh, through ratings. And of course, you can stream and download the show through there or on our website. There are links for free to all of those platforms. If you're a subscriber to the ad-free show, you can always resubscribe on our website. But if you're a new subscriber, I'm obliged to let you know that you can go to aftermath.media and subscribe to my show and Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. You get both shows and a lot of other perks, really for the price of I don't know what a, a meal at a fast food restaurant per month. It's a really great deal. Aftermath.media. Go subscribe now to the premium package and uh, get yourself unique and I would say endless content. I mean, you get both of our shows five nights a week. That's that's a lot of shows. It's a lot of shows. And that's uh, only a couple bucks a month. So Aftermath.media. Go subscribe today. You're supporting yourself while you support Aftermath, Ground Zero, and The Secret Teachings. And I know a lot of people have been waiting for that, uh, waiting for The Secret Teachings to come over, and uh, I hope that you're happy. Uh, let Aftermath know what you think of having uh, TST over here uh, on the network and in the archive as well. So tonight on the show is not really the disclosure that you need, uh, or want rather, it's the disclosure that you need, uh, it's not really the disclosure you want because people want to believe and they want to know about aliens and all that stuff. But you're getting the disclosure that you need. That's the point. You're getting the disclosure that you need. Sean M. Kirkpatrick, the director of the Pentagon's All-Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, testified before members of the U.S. Senate Committee on Armed Services yesterday, Wednesday, April 19th. Two different portions, an open public, uh, uh, public one, and a closed uh, hearing. 
And during the open portion, Kirkpatrick said that the AARO has found no credible evidence thus far of extraterrestrial activity, off-world technology, or objects that defy the known laws of physics. The only problem with that statement is we have to put it in context with some of his other statements, such as most often these UAP cases, quote, resolve into readily explainable sources. He goes on to reference a, and he actually, the article that I was reading goes on to reference, I should say, but Kirkpatrick at the beginning of the presentation, the, the hearing, which you can watch online if you're interested, he shows this video of an MQ-9 Reaper drone uh, somewhere in the Middle East, and it shows the spherical object. Now, they could easily say that's just a, a balloon, but they don't have enough information to make a call. So because of that, Kirkpatrick and the AARO can't conclude what that object and many others are. And the ODNI the Office of the Director of National Intelligence report from this year, January 2023, reported something similar. That for most of these UFO cases, a lot of these UFO cases, depending on what set of cases you're looking at, uh, a lot of them lack enough detailed data to enable attribution of UAP with high certainty, end quote. In other words, the AARO and the ODNI don't have enough information to assess a certain number of these cases. That doesn't mean that they're alien. It doesn't mean that they're Chinese or that they're Russian, one way or the other. It just means that they cannot identify them, which is what Project Blue Book determined a certain percentage of the cases that they looked at were not classifiable. They were truly unidentified flying objects. But the attention since Blue Book has always been on what could be identified and using what could be identified to discredit what cannot be identified. And whether that's intentional or unintentional, whether that's a uh, government policy or it's a media policy or whatever, we're seeing the same thing today with the AARO and the ODNI. We're seeing the same thing with the Pentagon. They haven't found any credible evidence because although they have a lot of evidence, a lot of the evidence can be explained, can be described, defined. Some of the evidence cannot, but they don't have enough evidence of the ones that cannot be explained to say what they are uh, or even to guess at what they are. And because they can't do that, then of course they have no evidence that they're extraterrestrial. They have no evidence that they're off-world. They have no evidence that they defy the laws of known physics. They have no evidence that they're Chinese, that they're Russian, or that they come from some base inside the earth. They could just as well be Nazi flying saucers. They don't have the information. They don't have the evidence. They don't have the details. They don't have the data, which means that we're kind of dealing with Schrodinger's UAP or Schrodinger's UFO here, right? Until we open the box and find out, figure out what's going on in there. The cat is both alive and dead. The UAP is both a Chinese spy balloon, if you will, a Nazi flying saucer and little green men if you will. It's all those things and none of those things. It's Schrodinger's UAP, Schrodinger's UFO. So the disclosure that you're getting right now is the disclosure that you need. And especially in ufology, ufology needs a reality check. And there are plenty of people in ufology, sadly, who either are concerned with making money or making a name for themselves or both 
They usually go hand in hand. And a lot of people that might not be interested in those things, but they're interested in deceiving people with fake videos, with fake photographs, or perhaps they're, they truly believe in those, those images and those videos. And so they share them online and they go viral because the algorithms allow it to go viral, but they're easily debunkable videos or pictures. And that degrades and discredits the field, which is a real field of ufology, which has struggled for generations to obtain any kind of scientific acknowledgement or even a tip of the hat, even a nod. And, and now that it is, especially because of social media, uh, it's losing a lot of credibility. It's losing a lot of uh, respect, anything that it had gained. I mean, ufology today is, is, a, is, is a pretty big joke as far as I'm concerned. And it's, it's very, to me, it's sad because of, of all the things that I'm interested in and talk about here on this show. Uh, people know me as the word guy, right? People know me, you know, as the occult guy or the food guy. But UFOs were really one of my first loves. Um, I've been interested in UFOs and the concept of the idea of aliens since I was, b- before I can really remember, I was interested in UFOs from the earliest age. And uh, my aunt and my family, my aunt, my mom's sister, she was always fascinated with those things. My grandma, my mom's mom was also fascinated with those things. So I probably took after them a little bit. But, um, you know, my, my direct family at home, none of them were interested in these things, at least that I was aware of. I just found a, a natural uh, magnetism to UFOs. So I don't want the uh, investigations into UFOs to be scarred with all this fake nonsense, this, this UFO, um, uh, what Stephen Campion calls a UFO circle jerk, which he's right, that it is a circle jerk. That's what it is. The government officials get paid. And the people that just want to see their names on TV, they get, you know, a thumbs up on Facebook or Twitter and everybody just goes home and it, it doesn't solve the, the issue at hand. It doesn't answer any questions. It leaves us asking more questions. It leaves us confused. And it also leaves other people wondering if this isn't part of some more complex uh, intelligence agency, psychological operation meant to deceive and distract. And maybe that's, if that is the case, maybe it's because people are getting too close close to the truth, whatever the truth is. I was actually thinking that tonight before the show. I was thinking I was almost going to take this angle for the show and start the show out tonight by saying, although I, I didn't, if you heard the beginning, the intro, I was going to start tonight's show off by saying that, you know, ufology not only has been, it's been scarred by all this fake nonsense, but, you know, ufology is... It's kind of the victim of its own success because over the years, ufology has been acknowledged to be a legitimate field of research and investigation, very scientific. And I think maybe ufology got a little bit too close or some people got a little bit too close to the truth, whatever the truth might be. I don't know what the truth is. The truth could be these objects are watching us. The truth could be these objects are a figment of our imagination. We're collectively creating them. The truth is they could be Nazis. The truth is they could be anything. Really, absolutely anything. And I think ufology might have got a little bit too close to the truth. And as a result of that, powers in Washington, powers in intelligence agencies, and maybe even in the aerospace industry, uh, in major corporations and foreign governments, didn't like that. 
And so they started this trend of, well, people like Corey Good, who's never been to space. He made up the blue chicken, avian rooster, hen birds. It's all made up. It's all fiction. People like David Wilcock makes the stuff up. People like Billy Carson just makes stuff up. Just makes stuff up. Just total garbage. Makes it up. Lies to your face. They've got investment scams going. We can build an underground base. We can build a hover car. We can build a UFO. And they never seem to get it done. Never seem to present you with anything. Never give you anything back for your money or your time or your energy. They're all con artists. They're frauds. They're, 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 they're scammers. And I can't help but think that people like that, uh, I can't help but think that they're propped up by YouTube and that they're propped up by uh, social media companies and the algorithms and they're propped up on the internet. I'm not saying that they're being financed by the CIA. I'm saying that it just seems all too strange and bizarre that, you know, after decades of disrespect and, you know, the military denying things, now we, we have... We have so much official acknowledgement of these things, and I think ufology got so close to whatever the truth is that certain powers wanted to wanted to put ufology and all the associated elements back into its place uh, and turn it into a joke again, and because that's really what has happened. When you look at, you know, we talked about last week the uh, Corey Good, David Wilcock type people, they've turned it into a joke, an absolute embarrassment. And then it's it's unfortunate because when I talk about these things, then it sounds like I'm sitting here and I'm saying to you on late night radio, you're crazy, you're imagining these things, UFOs don't exist, aliens don't exist, but that's not what I'm saying. Uh, I've, just as much as the next person, I've been interested in UFOs since as early as I can remember. And that's what actually makes me so frustrated with this, is I'm interested in the legitimacy of it. And I want to know what these things are. And if they are technology, either our history is incredibly wrong here on planet Earth, which I'm sure that it is in large part in almost every way. But these things have been seen since biblical times. And we can imagine probably before biblical times. I mean, that's a a level of technology that obviously our ancestors thousands of years ago didn't have at least, I mean, they might have had the ability to 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 um to map the the world and to travel and to navigate in ways that we don't think that they did. There's certainly evidence of that with all these ancient maps and Antarctica and things like this. But then again, maybe they did have flying uh, devices and flying machines. You know, we have we have no idea. We don't even know how long the planet has been here. We 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 know so little. We think we know so much. Maybe it is just humans. And maybe these objects are uh, part of a breakaway civilization from the past. I mean, all these possibilities are plausible. That doesn't mean that they're all factual, that they're all likely even. And uh, because these ideas are fascinating and because people are starving for different perspective or they're starving for the truth, people just lie and tell you that they're insiders or they've got insiders working for them and giving them information and it just it degrades and it demeans and it, it's, 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 it's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It's a joke. And I won't stand for it here on The Secret Teachings. And I know there are plenty of other radio hosts and plenty of other, um, well, even journalists. There are plenty of other people in the line of work that I do who don't want to stand for this and who refuse to stand for it because it's an embarrassment. Okay, it's, it's, it, it turns all these things into, into jokes. And it also, by the way, 
it keeps us confined to our little tiny worlds, our four walls, our little TVs and toasters, our, as to quote the uh, 1976 movie Network, I just want to stay inside with my toaster and TV and just leave me alone and don't let me, don't tell me what's going on outside. It just keeps us feeling small. In fact, the whole policy of UFOs and UAPs that just sort of deny everything and then write everything off, even though you have a huge percentage that are still unexplained and you admittedly can't explain them today, just like you couldn't in the 40s and 50s and 60s, etc. You know, the, the fact is that this is how the subject is handled. I don't see that as being science. I see that as being psychology. It's just like lockdowns. Stay in your house, feel weak, feel like you're dirty and gross and going to get your neighbor sick and your grandma, you're going to kill her, your grandpa, you're going to kill him. Just sit inside, don't do anything, don't ask questions, don't resist. And the subject of UFOs is very much the same. Just stay inside, don't ask questions. We explained it all already. And, uh, you know, we, we've got a vaccine or we've got, uh, you know, we've got a solution to these problems. We just don't have any evidence. Doesn't mean that the evidence doesn't exist. Doesn't mean that the evidence isn't, you know, they could have the quote evidence. They just haven't processed it yet. I mean, little technicalities, legalese, the way that things are written, the way that the, how we described last night on the show. I talked about words, stick stones and bones or sticks, stones, bones, magic word prone. Words are powerful. The difference between request and declaration, the difference between what is legal and what is lawful. And this can apply to UFOs as well. People say, do you believe in UFOs? Okay, maybe, maybe not. What is a UFO? You describe and define what a UFO is. It's not a matter of belief. It's a matter of what does the evidence say? If it's a matter of belief, then it's a matter of almost like a, a religion or a cult. If it's an absolute belief, and there certainly is a dichotomy of that. So I don't want you to think, because that's not the intention of my show, that I don't think these things are potentially real or that I'm not interested in them. I am, and I believe that there are intelligences that are far superior to humans that are probably both mundane, uh, physical, terrestrial intelligences and also intelligences that are beyond our conception, uh, beyond our our physical world, beyond our maybe more like interdimensionals. I mean, all these things. I believe in demons, but what is a demon? Do, do people care to ask me what a, what a demon is? No. It's, you just think you either believe in demons, that makes you a Christian or a Catholic, or you're just a crazy person, or you know maybe you also believe in demons. But like, what is a demon? A demon is like your daemon. It's, it's you. Just like with mediums and psychics, what do you think a medium is channeling or talking to? It's talking to your higher, they're talking to your higher self. It's their higher self accessing your higher self. It's not a disincarnate being somewhere that just shows up, you know, to talk to somebody like they're going to work. It, 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 these are things that are much more complex. You know, the demons are just manifestations uh, of parts of ourself. Uh, they are our temptations. They are societal temptations. We anthropomorphize them, just like the yokai. They're anthropomorphi uh, anthropomorphized things, events, places, uh, uh, the things that happen uh, around us. Uh, you know that that could be something like, uh, you know, you you if you have, for example, if you're in your bed at night and you hear these weird sounds and um, you can't really figure out what they are, right? Uh, and you you uh, you hear like scratching on the, the door or the side of the house. 
Well, there's there's a name for that in Japan. There's a, a yokai, and that yokai it's just a it's just a physical uh, visualization of what that object is. Because once we can identify something, then it's it's not as scary. Even if it might be a scary thing, it's not as scary when we can identify it. It's much scarier when it's mysterious, when it's unknown. And um, this is this is interesting because I was. And by the way, that, that Japanese uh, yokai is called yanari. Yanari. It's a paranormal phenomena that it's like noises in your house or something to that. It, it literally means house creaking. So that they, that's anthropomorphized into this being. But uh, I, I, know I was reading, this is such a great example. I was reading uh, Michael Crichton recently. I don't know if you ever read the original Jurassic Park. It's a really great book. The second one, The Lost World, not, he's a great writer, but the second one, not so much. Some of it kind of felt forced. But the first one was, it's one of the best pieces of fiction, I think, ever written. Um, and in that book, uh, uh, you know, the, one of my favorite characters is Ian Malcolm. And uh, in, in The Lost World, which like right at the beginning of The Lost World, at the end of the first book, going into the second book, um, Ian Malcolm is describing, because uh, he has this like non-disclosure agreement about what happened on the island uh, with you know the dinosaurs with the park with John Hammond and he's he's explaining something called a techno myth and uh, I've I've heard of the techno myth elsewhere and I had uh, when I read that I thought oh I have to incorporate that into the show the techno myth that's a it's a really good uh, idea a really good concept and the techno myth is basically this this was described by Michael Crichton in his Jurassic Park books it's basically this humanity has sort of forgotten uh, the old Greco Roman myths. Uh, we've forgotten the Egyptian myths, certainly the Greek myths, the Roman myths. We've sort of forgotten them because a lot of those myths were intended to describe natural phenomena. Uh, they were basically, as I've said over and over again, I have a whole book on this called Occult Arcana. Mythology, this is how I started. Mythology was an original form of scientific observation of nature. That's why we have gods of thunder, gods of lightning, gods of rain, gods of wind, or demons of rain, wind and rain, or whatever, the demons, gods, whatever. There's gods for virtually everything. It's a, it's a form of animism. It's like Shintoism in Japan. Uh, these ideas have been replaced with scientific, quote, fact or scientific knowing. And since we've abandoned these, these old myths, we might find them entertaining and useful for uh, writing a, a movie or, you know, especially for comic books and things like that. But we don't really believe in them anymore. And I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm saying since we don't believe in them anymore, this is what a techno-myth is. We don't believe in the old myths. We create new myths of the technological age. So some of those techno-myths, and this is an example that I firmly believe is a techno-myth, the idea that Nikola Tesla was talking to aliens on Mars. That's a techno-myth. It's provable that it's a techno-myth because Tesla was not talking to aliens on Mars. A friend of Tesla, who was a journalist, this is in uh, one of the really good Tesla biographies, and the author didn't, I think her name's Cheney, she didn't explain it uh, like I'm explaining it. I'm explaining it. I just got the idea from reading that, that, um, that biography. A friend of Tesla's believed that Tesla had, since he had all this... Um, kind of wild, advanced, uh, these wild, advanced ideas and this technology and that he seemed to just be able to do it all in his head. 
famously and then put it into application. A friend of his said it was like, like he was talking to beings from another world. And Tesla at one point believed that he had gotten a signal reportedly from Mars. But those are separate things. He reportedly got a signal. His friend said, well, oh my God, it's like he's talking to aliens. There's context missing from this. And this has become a modern myth that Nikola Tesla was talking to aliens on Mars and they gave him information for technology. We filled in the blanks there. We filled in the blanks there. That's not what happened. That's not what the, 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 the biographies of Nikola Tesla or the evidence say. That's what we made up. That's the techno myth. It doesn't mean Nikola Tesla wasn't in contact with aliens, but I don't see any proof for that. He was immensely intelligent, probably tapped into something, making him akin to a Leonardo da Vinci, some kind of demigod consciousness, but he probably wasn't talking to aliens. And if he was, okay, what does it matter one way or the other? We know that that particular myth is precisely that. It's a myth. Um, in fact, one of the uh, examples that Ian Malcolm or Michael Crichton gives in, in uh, The Lost World, uh, the second Jurassic Park book, is uh, the existence of aliens, particularly um, alien spacecrafts that are housed in government facilities, uh, for, like Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, Roswell. I mean, something obviously happened at Roswell. Uh, something obviously crashed or landed. Uh, the, the military was on the scene. Uh, it was reported that it was a, a flying saucer. Then they pulled that back and they said, oh, it was a, a weather balloon. I've always thought that that was just to see how the public would react. I mean, that was only nine years after the 19, what was it, 38? I think it was 38. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was 38, the War of the Worlds broadcast. Remember the War of the Worlds broadcast? People thought aliens were invading. Roswell was only less, Roswell was like uh, roughly a decade after that, not too, too long after that. And it was like a real world example where it wasn't just a story that was, there was a, there was a, uh, a disclaimer before the story. This was military recovers flying saucer, uh, military recovers flying disc, and then, oh, it's actually a weather balloon. And I, I can't help but think that that is just another version of the the War of the Worlds broadcast. That's what I've always thought Roswell was. I think it was just a another War of the Worlds type broadcast. That's what I also think of the uh, the hearing yesterday. I think that the hearing yesterday was akin to Project Blue Book. We don't learn anything new. We just keep hearing the same things we've always heard. And although it's a nothing burger, as some say, the fact is it's also acknowledged in the hearing yesterday that they just don't have, just like in the January 2023 ODNI report, they just don't have enough evidence to make a conclusion or to determine what some objects are. So they very well could be extraterrestrial. They very well could be Nazi flying saucers. They could be anything. It's, that's Schrodinger's UAP, Schrodinger's UFO. And a lot of this UFO stuff, though, is a modern techno myth. It is a techno myth because we don't believe in the old myths anymore. We, we science, science has replaced that magic and mysticism. And because science has replaced that magic and mysticism, science can only take us so far. People are waning away from science because science has become too godlike. It's become too crystallized. And so we're turning to mythology and mixing that with technology and mixing that with science. And we have these techno myths 
And it doesn't mean aliens don't exist. It doesn't mean that there aren't really credible, powerful sightings and interactions with aliens, etc. But to consider the fact that UFO abductions from the the pain that's inflicted to the body parts that are mutilated or manipulated to the pregnancies, to the babies that are left behind, to the weird marks on the bodies. That's not just a UFO thing. That's also the very description of like all shamanistic trips and experiences. It's also a description of how people who have too much DMT being produced in their body, about 2%, it's how they describe their experiences with that additional DMT. Funny enough, about 2% of the population say they've been abducted by aliens. There's a lot more going on here, folks. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back. From parahistory and the paranormal to the parapolitical and para-occult, you're listening to The Secret Teachings on Ground Zero Radio. Want to hear more of The Secret Teachings radio show? Search for the show on any radio or podcast player or find links and a free archive at thesecretteachings.info. You could listen to this. And again, you know, people say David has no evidence. David has no evidence. I hate this channel. Or you could listen to The Secret Teachings with myself, Ryan Gable, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. Join us to explore the outer limits of history, symbolism, parapolitics, and more. We'll explore a little bit of everything, but don't take my word for it. I'm kind of like you. I'm the last of a dying breed, a generalist. That's The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on Ground Zero Radio. If you enjoy The Secret Teachings and want to hold years of Ryan's research in your hands, visit the website and grab a physical and digital copy of Ryan's books. Occult Arcana will introduce you to sacred myths, folklore, magic, and alchemy. The technological elixir will take you from transhumanism and AI to black goo and UFOs. Food philosophy will change your mind about what we call food, germ theory, and geoengineering. And remember, shipping is always included. Some restrictions exist for international. Visit thesecretteachings.info. Hi, it's David Childress from Ancient Aliens, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings. You know you can listen to The Secret Teachings Monday through Friday on Ground Zero Radio. I don't need it. Or in the free archive on our website, thesecretteachings.info, or on any radio or podcast player or application. I don't need it. But you can also subscribe to our ad-free archive, now hosted by Aftermath.media. Definitely don't need it. There's the basic and premium option. You get the montages, my digital books, and more. For those of you who already have a Secret Teaching subscription, you can still keep that subscription. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info or aftermath.media and subscribe today. I need it! You know, the subject of unidentified flying objects or UAPs is much more complex than a simple religious-like dichotomy of belief. For example, when someone is abducted, when someone is taken by a UFO or by aliens or whatever you perceive it to be, and that's an important part of this, whatever you perceive it to be, They report, as the records show, things like medical procedures being done to their bodies. Just one example of many. They report 
things being implanted into their bodies. Just one, again, of many things that are reported. They also say that women in particular, but men as well, that uh, women say that they've given birth to a baby during these experiences, even if they're virgins in some cases. Men have said that sperm is extracted from their bodies with tubes and some kind of medical device, some kind of procedure, and uh, that they too have children. And these are all things from medical procedures to sexual things relating to having children, even having children, even being shown the child and then having it taken away and you being put back in your bed at night uh, to implants in the bodies. These are all things that are described by people who take certain forms of uh, substances, for example, and there are different outcomes to these substances reportedly. I've never done them. But uh, ayahuasca or DMT. Now, with DMT, you you get you, you've probably heard of the machine elves. Uh, the DMT experiences are a little bit different than ayahuasca, uh, and I'm and I think they're both extremely different than uh, mescaline and psilocybin, uh, things like that. Different experiences, different. You know, your body's going to react differently uh, depending on the. Uh, probably your your weight and you know your background, your ethnicity, your body is going to react differently to different substances. So you might not have the same experience, but you always get, especially with things like DMT and even ayahuasca, you always get the same kinds of uh, descriptions. Especially shamans who have done this uh, on more than one or two occasions. Uh, shamans who have done this explain and describe the same thing. They are taken. And they have procedures done to their bodies. And they have little crystals or rocks implanted in their their heads or their necks. Little tiny things. Uh, Some of them have children, spirit children in the, quote, other world. And in both cases, both in the cases of UFO abductions or alien abductions and shamanistic experiences, they see therianthropes or half-human, half-animal beings. They see flying disks. They see geometrical patterns, zigzags, stars, dots, grids, space. They see serpents. Graham Hancock, the famous journalist, one of my favorite authors, he he writes so well. He describes this in his book, Supernatural. He says not only do they see therianthropes, but there are entopic patterns of stars, zigzags, dots and grids, flying disks, spirit beings, disembodied eyes, and an extraordinary, uh, uh, what was this word here? Hold on, let me zoom in on this. An extraordinary series of gigantic serpents. I, I couldn't read that. Uh, gigantic serpents, many of which are coiled around each other or have multiple heads or spit fire or are elaborately winged and feathered. Kind of sounds like Quetzalcoatl. Right in Central America, kind of sounds like the serpents that, like the rainbow serpent in Australia, uh, the serpents and the dragons of China in the East. These serpents are everywhere, they're all over the place. And a friend of mine actually was telling me, she she a friend of mine who's a medium, she's going to be on the show soon. Uh, her name is Natalie. She was telling me recently about her experiences internally. I believe she's a very real medium. She is very um, 
very good at what she does, very humble about it, so she doesn't brag. And she was telling me about her experiences with with uh, dragons. And I said, are you, what, you're interested in dragons? Or she said, no, like I, I like feel or I, I don't want to put words in her mouth. But she's like, I feel or I see or like interact internally with a dragon. And I said, well, that's really interesting because I, I came home. Uh, I had tea with her one day and I came home and I grabbed my Graham Hancock book, Supernatural, and I opened to this chapter in the very back of the book where he was discussing uh, that some people believe and some people have experienced this is what graham hancock is writing now uh that at our very core in our dna we are serpentine um at least in terms of how we perceive it and see it in these altered states and i said the serpent or the dragon that's all i told my friend this too that's this has always been seen as the the base consciousness the dragon this is why you have siegfried slays the dragon in mythology uh, this the dragon guards the treasure, right? And the treasure is just like remember Harry Potter. You've seen Harry Potter. Harry Potter has the sorcerer's stone, sorcerer's stone in his pocket the whole time. The only person who can obtain the sorcerer's stone is the person who has decided and who has learned that they don't want to use it. They've decided they they don't want the wealth. They don't need it. And then that's when they find it. And that's what it means when the dragon is guarding treasure. It is the animal self, like Beauty and the Beast, the animal self that is guarding the spiritual self, and you have to slay that dragon. Totally unrelated. You know, my friend who is a very legitimate medium, she's talking to me about this and saying, I don't really understand it. And then I said, well, I just read this in this Graham Hancock book about DMT and other types of substances and shamanism, and this is what people see and experience. And then I bring in my occult perspective from, you know, dragons and slaying the dragon and, you know, like the Wizard of Oz, the animal, uh, the lion, the vegetable, scarecrow, and the tin with the mineral man. And that was all Frank Baum, a theosophist who, who wrote that, the Wizard of Oz. You bring in the occult perspective, you bring in the shamanistic perspective, you bring in the medium perspective, and it's all telling us the same thing. Serpents, dragons, etc. This is what people see. This is what people interact with. Um, and again, UFO abductees see the same kinds of things that shamans see. And not only do they see Therianthropes, uh, often they're, they're like, you know, half animal, half human that are healers or they help or they teach you something. And uh, alien abductees always see, you know, little grays or little tiny small beans, little green men. And that is... Not something that you hear as much about in shaman, uh, shamanistic experiences, but it is something you hear about in Europe with the folklore and the legends of fairies. A very tiny person, about the same height as a gray, uh, the same body stature as a gray, usually have larger heads. And um, interestingly, this is a fascinating piece of historical information, fairies traditionally are seen wearing a certain color. Do you know what that color is? If you said green, you are correct. Little tiny fairies have always been seen depicted in green. How appropriate is it then that within folklore and legend, the fairy, just like that little alien, is always seen wearing the color green, almost always seen wearing the color green. Little green men, right? 
little green fairies. And, you know, when, what I mean, Tinkerbell, she wears green. She's a good example. And there are plenty of uh, female uh, aliens that supposedly abduct you. Uh, I don't know if I believe all the stories. People are saying that they had sex with aliens, but maybe you did. It just wasn't physical. It was happening in an altered state of consciousness or awareness. Um, A lot of people see insectoids. You know, a lot of people see serpents. A lot of people see elves and fairies. Some people even see, uh, you know, half human, half animal theory and throat beings like dogmen or wolfmen or, you know, things like that. Um, As a matter of fact, Dr. David Jacobs, I'm not sure how all of you feel about Dr. David Jacobs, but he recorded uh, one of these kinds of stories uh, with an abductee who said, this is what the abductee said, the wolf was standing squarely on uh, my bed, or I guess this is David Jacobs writing, wolf was standing squarely on her bed, looking her in the eyes. She clearly remembered its fur, fangs, and eyes. Other abductees have claimed to have seen monkeys, owls, deer, and other animals. Then you get the hat man, the smiling man, even the sand man. Get the sand man as well. They all play similar roles for uh, shamans and also, again, for people that don't necessarily have these kinds of experiences. They don't call them UFO abductions. People that don't even do I don't want to say DMT is a drug per se. I don't want to d- demean it to that level because your body produces DMT, and that's kind of the whole point. Um, it's estimated about 2%, give or take, of the of the population uh, produce extra DMT. It's also estimated about 2% of the population, and I believe this is largely in uh, in the West, particularly in North America, have experienced alien abduction. It just so happens to be that the percentage of people that have over, over an overproduction of DMT in the body, the same percentage of the I don't know if it's the same people, but it's an interesting statistic, same percentage of the population that are abducted or say or believe they've been abducted by aliens. That's a really interesting, uh, really interesting thing. Uh, really interesting little little detail, little piece of information. So UFO abductions shamanistic experiences, fairies. All of these things are coming from the same place. All of these things are coming from the same, uh, the same types of uh, uh, substances, whether you take them or whether your body overproduces them. But I would imagine also it, it's based on your belief system because it's, it's unlikely that someone who is a... Uh, who is not a hardcore Christian or, or who doesn't know much about the Christian pantheon, if you will, of saints and, and, and whatnot, are going to see those things if they have these kinds of experiences. But someone who's very Christian and they have a near-death experience, they're probably going to see Jesus or Mary or Peter or something like that because that's it doesn't mean that what they're seeing is real or what they're seeing is wrong. That's just how, that's the lexicon, that's the imagery that they have so that's what they see. Uh, they could see Christ. They could see Muhammad. They could see anything. They, 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 whatever helps them subconsciously and unconsciously to process information, that's what those things manifest and appear as. And for a lot of people, it's aliens. It doesn't mean aliens don't physically exist. You know, the, the ideas have developed over thousands of years, but some people see aliens. Some people just generally see animals 
Some people see insects. Some people see serpents. Some people see dragons, big dragons, uh, boa constrictors, things like that, which is something that's common with ayahuasca. And some people see elves, and some people, people see all kinds of things, all sorts of different things. Um, and we shouldn't write and dismiss and demean these things off because either we don't understand them or because they sound uh, outlandish or ludicrous or they sound wild or stupid or silly. These are real things, and they all mean, real. I think they all mean the same thing. They all mean the same thing. Um, and rather than looking at all of these types of cases as you know, individual uh individual experiences that can be just written off and explained quote with science science should be collectively taking these and trying to figure out what they are and the same thing with ufos and uaps we write off the ones we can easily understand but instead of using that as a process of elimination to try to figure out what the ones we don't understand are we just take the ones we don't understand and we we write them off because, well, we, we explain 9 out of 10, so we don't really need to explain the 1 out of 10. It's like, no, you the 1 out of 10 is the one you need to explain. You don't you don't need a thousand pieces of evidence that, that there's something otherworldly or other-dimensionally happening here. You just need one piece of proof that it is. And I think we've seen over generation after generation, my God, there is so much proof and so much evidence, but it gets obscured. And it gets, say, taken advantage of or exploited or used to make profit or to make somebody a name. People that spread a lot of really stupid, fake, BS, nonsense information. And the, the fact is, we don't have all the answers to, to life's big questions. Uh, we might think we do, but in a few generations from now, we'll look back and think how stupid that was. Look at how we, we acted during that, quote, pandemic. How stupid we are. Look at how we, we treated people that needed, that needed real help. Look at how we acted and interacted with people in public. We, we, just, we, we laughed at people. We, we spit at people. We yelled at people because they didn't put a mask over their face, which did nothing, according to all the scientific literature. Doesn't, doesn't do anything. It makes you feel safer. The New England Journal of Medicine called it a talisman, literally a talisman. That's something we'd say here on this show. It's a talisman. That's what it is. It's a symbol. Dr. Fauci even said that. He said it's just a symbol. It just makes people feel better. It doesn't do anything. We're going to look back and think probably in a few generations, that was pretty stupid. And that doesn't mean that we should dismiss the technology that we have today, the science, the understanding we have today, but we have to put these things in, in perspective, in context. Um, Actually, I didn't want to mention this, or I did not want to talk about this, but I will. I'll, I'll, I'll just I'll mention it now briefly because I think it's a good example. Um, I've, I'll try to keep this short. I've had, and this might seem like it's off topic, but I've had some, um, say, some heart issues since I've been, you know, a young adult. First time I've experienced a heart issue, I bent over to get a TV controller and my heart started beating really fast, really rapidly. And I got scared. It eventually stopped. It went away and it would happen on occasion. And I got a little bit older, mid-20s, late-20s, and it it would happen frequently. And my body instinctually knew what to do. I would kind of bend over and kind of tense up and I could get the heart to slow down. And I always thought that it was the result of SVT, supraventricular tachycardia. 
And last night, uh, early in the afternoon, I had recorded my show, sent it in, and I was about to have dinner, and my heart started jumping again. Um, I tried cold water. I tried, you know, tensing up. Nothing worked. So um, Hope had to, Hope called 911, and I ended up, they got it to stop. They gave me something to stop it, to slow it down, which was nice, um, a little scary. But I ended up going to the emergency room. I've never been to the emergency room. And most of the people there were very nice. You know, the doctor was a little bit arrogant, but nice and sort of dismissive. It wasn't like a, a life-threatening thing per se. So they were sort of, they were quick about the, the whole process. And they took blood and I had to sit there for a little bit for them to do the blood test and all that. I was watching, I was actually watching the hockey game while they were doing that. And uh, they give me this paper that says, these are the things that you should watch out for if you have SVT, like caffeine and drugs and alcohol. And I already don't do caffeine or drugs or alcohol. So as I'm looking at the paper, I'd actually talked to one of the nurses and I said, I think what triggers it for me is anxiety. And they all know anxiety doesn't trigger this. The paramedics even said that no, anxiety won't trigger this. This is not anxiety triggering this. This isn't anxiety. It's not anxiety. Oh, gluten. Is gluten triggered? I don't think so. And I, I thought, okay, maybe I'm de delusional. Maybe the doctors and the nurses and the paramedics are right. So I just, you could do this too if you're interested in, in, in what happened to me as a point of proof. I go online and I, it's just countless records and resources of anxiety, stress, not enough sleep, and not enough water, even more than caffeine, can trigger an episode of SVT. So although with a, with a forceful substance, they got my heart to slow down, they denied that anxiety or sleep deprivation or water because guess what? Anxiety, sleep deprivation, and water don't really make the hospital any money. Uh, and so those aren't things that you can, you know, and of course they're not things that you can directly, you know, anxiety is a hard thing to really diagnose and, and say, well, anxiety definitely caused that. Caffeine's different. We know caffeine can cause the heart to speed up. So because it almost seems probably etheric to them, they just deny that it's a possibility. But I know that anxiety is what is what caused it. And the point is, I'm telling you the story. It's not to make you feel sorry for me or anything like that. I'm telling you the story because we we do the same thing with like with what we're discussing tonight with UFOs. We say, well, it has to be, you know, the caffeine or it has to be the drugs, the alcohol. And by drugs, alcohol, and caffeine in relation to UFOs, I just mean it has to be a foreign government or it has to be a drone that's very human. It can't be anything else. And you're like, well, why can't it be, you know, why can't it be something that we've never considered before? Why can't it be the anxiety or the gluten? Oh, no, that's definitely not what it is. It's just either this or that, and that's 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 as far as we'll go. It's only this or that. It's only one thing or the other. And it's like, well, you're right. It could be a drone. It could be a foreign government. But in context, these things have happened for a long time. I even asked the nurse at the hospital. I said, do you want to know what I ate today? No, we don't need to know what you ate. I said, well, how can you make a diagnosis? I wasn't being mean with her. I was just like, how can you make a diagnosis if you don't know what I ate? And then you tell me, don't, eat, don't drink caffeine. It's like, I already know not to drink caffeine. Why was that not the first question you asked me when I came to the hospital? Did you have any caffeine? It's like we're only getting half the picture with that, well, with, with health and that little experience I had last night. I came home after. I was, I was fine after. Still a little bit timid and nervous today, but I was fine. And I feel same way about UFOs. We only get a little, little tiny piece of the story. 
And nobody, neither side of the equation, uh, the believers and the non-believers, really wants to really want to to take a look at the remainder of the information, put everything into context, and try to figure out what's really going on here. Because the people that really believe in UFOs, they're the same. They have the same kind of mindset that people that don't believe in them don't want to believe in those things. What I mean by that is if you say, well, maybe UFOs are something beyond what we can imagine, something beyond our comprehension. The people that believe in UFOs, just they want the alien movie to be real. So to them, that's, that's unthinkable. And the people that don't believe in UFOs, they already don't believe in them. So it's just that's just another outrageous thing, an outrageous conspiracy, an outrageous idea. And, and by something beyond our comprehension, I just mean something beyond what we're willing to comprehend. Like how people that are shamans, real shamans, not the, uh, I call them, you know, uh, what we call them, big boob shamans. I see that just women with their tits hanging out saying they're shamans. You know, if, if you're not humble and you're not modest, you're probably not a shaman. Okay, first of all. But second of all, <laughs> second of all, shamans that have real experiences, they describe the same things that you have, oh, uh, abductees experience it, alien abductees experience the same thing about with fairy abductions in largely in Europe. Uh, the same thing with the abductions of any cryptid like or otherworldly creature or character anywhere in the world. Um, I mean, you know, that you know, David Polides is missing 411. You know, the Japanese actually have a name for that, it's called Kamikakushi, and we actually did a show on that recently. And it, it basically means where a child is usually a child, um, they are. They're outside and they disappear and then they're usually okay, uh, but they'll reappear later, much later on. Uh, sometimes they've had a um, they've had a, a a thing, an animal, a therianthrope, just like in shamanism, just like with ayahuasca DMT, uh, that's taken care of them. Uh, but then they come back and they're unharmed and they're and they're fine. They'll just appear somewhere after everybody looked for them. They disappeared, can't find them, and then they're just fine. And the Japanese have a word for that, kamikakushi. And this is the same thing that David Polides is, is investigating, all these missing, missing people that just vanish and disappear. Every culture has these stories. We just call them maybe something different. And because we've, uh, largely because of science, we've abandoned uh, the, old, uh, the old mythologies, Greek myths, Roman myths, Egyptian myths. We find them entertaining, but we don't believe them anymore. We also have a lot of new myths today. We call them techno-myths. And they deal with things like aliens. And I think that a lot of our modern techno-myths, um, they're a natural development, first and foremost, of not understanding these types of things. Because we're trying to apply the scientific lens to like, you know, like the DMT study that was conducted. What was the guy's name? Strauss or Strassman or something. The DMT study that was conducted, you know, official investigations into UFOs and aliens since at least, what, the 50s and 60s. We're trying to apply science to understanding these things, but that science has led because we don't fully understand them, just like Kirkpatrick said yesterday at this at the Senate hearing. They still don't know uh, what these things are. They don't have evidence or proof of anything, but they don't have enough data. Same with the 2023 Pentagon Office of the Director of National Intelligence report. They don't have enough data. So we try to apply science to these things, and since science still can't explain them, we create new myths, new mythologies, new things that keep our mind occupied, new things that help us to understand and at least get a picture or an idea 
of what these phenomena are. Whether they're spirals in the sky or they're UFOs or UAPs or hell, for that matter, one that doesn't get talked about very often, the Fata Morgana. Look up Fata Morgana. My God, I mean, you think that the spirals are interesting. The Fata Morgana, um, once again, explainable as tricks of light. Uh, in some cases, like ships that appear to hover on the water, they also call this a superior mirage, just a silly name. Ships that float on water, uh, cruise ships that float on water, cargo ships that float on water, uh, maybe even buildings that float on water. There have been all kinds of cases. I've got, I'll read you some headlines. Photos appear to show a ship hovering over the water, flying cruise ship, mirage baffles, Kiwis, flying ship, or a cool optical phenomenon. Uh else we got here bizarre picture shows floating ship just off the coast of cork uh and then of course uh ghost ship on lake superior that was in 2016 but then there are others like floating cities that you've seen in china actually i've had several cases of floating cities cities that are floating in the clouds um they say it's all uh optical illusion but the thing is, whether that's what it is or not, whether those spirals are rockets, some of them might be. Some of it's an optical illusion. Some of it's probably rockets. A lot of the UFOs are identifiable. But the ones that are not, that cannot be explained by science, that is what leads us into thinking in terms of, well, the techno myth. That is what um, leads us into creating these new mythologies. Uh, that is what leads us to creating uh, a whole new uh, theory about the existence of, 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 well, I guess you could say the existence of extraterrestrials, interdimensionals, the existence of otherworldly things, even technology, because that's, I mean, we're, that's what we're looking for. People in the past used to see these things and they'd say, you know, that's a shield or that's a ship. That's a, it's a sword or it's this or it's that's a cross in the sky related to religion or related to the military. This is all people knew. Now we have technology and spaceships. So now there's spaceships that we're seeing. We've seen the same thing uh, since some of the oldest reports of UFOs. We're seeing the same thing today. They just had ships and shields and things like that back then. That's what they saw. That's what soldiers saw in the battlefield, which those things are always attracted to war, by the way. As William Bramley points out in his book, The Gods of Eden, they're always attracted to war. And so soldiers would see them and soldiers didn't know how to interpret them or describe them. So they would call them shields in the sky or ships in the sky. We see them today. We don't know how to describe them, so we call them spaceships. It's the same thing. We're just calling them something different based on what we understand today, just like any, all the ancient alien stuff. I never understood. How is, it, how is it ancient aliens? How are these ancient aliens when they're wearing spacesuits from Apollo 11? It's just what we see based on what we know today. But there's still something going on. And the spirals and the Fata Morganas, those are probably explainable with, you know, I'd say more mundane science. But UFOs... If we can't explain them, we can't describe what they are, there's still a bunch that are unexplained, that leads to the techno-myth. And that really is the disclosure that you need, even though it's the disclosure that you, uh, you don't really want. It is the disclosure that you need. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Please go to our website, www.thesecretteachings.info. Grab a copy of one of my books. We do ship worldwide around the world. You can get a digital copy with the physical copy for free, or you can get the digital copy separately if you like to read digital only at thesecretteachings.info. You can also find our archive there on the website. I try to make it really simple. 
You can find the archive there. There's links to Apple Podcasts, etc. Or just go to those other websites and podcast players and apps and type in The Secret Teachings. You'll see with Ryan Gable, our black and white logo. Leave us a review. Download and stream the show. When you do that, we get paid because you have to listen to those advertisements that are put in there by Spreaker. You want to get the ad-free show, you can resubscribe if you're already a subscriber at thesecretteachings.info. Or if you're a new subscriber, jump over to aftermath.media and subscribe today to The Secret Teachings and to Ground Zero with Clyde Lewis. Aftermath.media. You get a lot of other perks there as well. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to contact the show, rdgable at yahoo.com. The music tonight, White Bat Audio. Disclosure you need, not disclosure you want. Stay safe, stay informed, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast.